so we've been looking for some time on finances. And you say, Pastor, are you ever going to talk about the actual working with finances? Oh, yeah, sure. One day. One day. Uh, you guys ever heard of Dave Ramsey? He's very popular. Uh, but he has a lot of good things to say about money. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, you'll see in here is based upon his principles. But I was reading an article once about a couple who had large debt, uh, credit card debt, uh, auto loans, mortgage, uh, what else did they have? Student loans, um, all kinds of things. They estimated, or they were somewhere in the ballpark of like $200,000 in debt with everything, including their house and everything. So they just went out and spent, right? And that's generally, you know, that's easy to do, just go out and spend. Well, they realized that they were off the deep end, so they stopped spending all this excess, but then they paid their debt off. Good for them, right? But just as they were about to pay their debt off, they began to realize and get concerned because once their debt was paid, what was stopping them from going out and acting the same way before? Because it's easy to just spend and spend and spend. Take no thought for the morrow, right? Wait, no, that's not what the passage is teaching. So the concern, especially the wife had, she said this in the article, that I was concerned that we would go back to the way it was. And that frightened me. And it frightened my husband. So we've been talking about the reasons why people, or we, us, yes, can overextend financially. We've been talking about the mentality because we will talk about how to do the bookkeep. I call it the bookkeeping part. How to um, uh, make sure that uh, you track your money. You know, I do it electronically and, and I push a button. My accounts update. I categorize it so I know where every bit of my money spent. That doesn't matter. You can know where all of your money is spent. But what's stopping you from spending all your money? Does that make sense? Because you can still account for all your money and being a tremendous amount of debt. Our governments are really good at that, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't too long ago we were running a surplus. Not no more. We're like billions in debt now as a country. Yeah, it's no good. I guess governments the only ones that are allowed to do that for a long period of time. America's really good at that. China owns like all the debt, it seems like. It's like trillions of dollars of debt. Sure. But you and I have to balance a checkbook. So we're talking about the mentality behind finances. And then later on, we'll talk about how to track your finances. So if your mentality is right, and if it's your desire, your heart is under the control of the Spirit of God, then you can track your money. And it's actually God's money. And then you won't run off back into debt. Does that make sense? So what is the purpose of being debt-free? What is the purpose? We, this series is called Financial Freedom. Why? To freely serve God. To freely serve the Lord. Is it freedom from God? 
freedom to serve him. Money is a tool, but it will uh, cause you to be very sad, depressed, even if you do not control your money. Your money will control you. You ever been up at night because of finances? You ever had sickness over a purchase that you made? Like, oh, buyer's remorse, if you will. Sure, we've all had those things. So that brings us to where we've been talking about unpreparedness. And to me, this is one of the easiest things to do. And I, in my experience in helping people in finances and the couples that I've met with, and you know, you lay all these things out and what, I'm, what I found and still finding is that the, one of the most common denominators of being uh, financially burdened or being a slave to your finances is this. Unprepared, just going day to day, not doing any proactive work. How do you get in a financial mess? Don't do anything. What I, I found that for me too. So uh, failure to plan financially for the future will lead to sadness. Can I put it that way? The last antagonist against financial freedom is silent as it works behind the scenes to reduce our ability to be usable for the Lord. There's a lot of people that want to do more. There was a fellow that I knew. He wanted to go visit uh, um, Brother Males when he was in Scotland. He was uh, uh, a retired military fellow and uh, he had gone on some missionary trips to, and he had gone encouraged missionary. He's very... Uh, he's a lot like a Barnabas. And, but then he overextended himself and he, he had made plans to go visit the, the males while they were there. But then he couldn't. And he shared this with me. He said, you know, Brother Dylan, it breaks my heart that it's my fault. I can't go serve the Lord. I know God is calling me to do this. <clears throat> isn't, that, isn't that sad? But that sometimes can happen to us. He says it's my own fault is what he had said. So we've looked at how that pride produces poverty. Uh, in Proverbs thirteen eighteen, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. So in essence... Uh, if you're not willing to take open and honest criticism, and you say, my way, I'm just going to do it my way, you're going to end up making some bad decisions. And then sometimes that's the only way we learn, is through the school of hard knocks. Now we looked at how that um, being wise uh, will help us to be prepared. But if we're unwise, second, it'll lead to Failure, exercising due diligence daily with an eye to the future. Prudence, number two, we looked at Proverbs 22, three, a prudent man or a wise man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. If we can discern the weather and discern that, you know, the Vikings or some other professional sports team can, um, well, let me just put it this way. There's a lot of sad sports fans out in the world. But, you know, we can discern uh, so certain teams aren't going to be successful. 
We can be sensitive to the Lord and prepare ourselves financially for current and future financial needs. Uh, Prudence is wise. If you're not prepared, you will be sad and you will say, I should have done this. Yes? Yes. Number three, and this is uh, where we we stopped. We stopped at number one, didn't we? Is that where? End of number one. That's right. Okay. It's where I wrote here. So preparation. Preparation is the result of studying, instruction, and wisdom. What does uh, 2 Timothy uh, tell us? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So uh, study to show thyself approved. Specifically, that's in this word of God, and so that you can rightly divide what's, what, what's the context, what God is trying to say. But also, we can take that principle, can't we? Can we take that principle, study to show thyself, approved unto God? I mean, that means like in school, young people, study to show thyself approved. I've heard uh, uh, teachers, and let's say hypothetically, I've heard this. I'm not saying it was with me, I'm just saying. (laughs) Hypothetically, I've heard this. That if you would have studied for the test, you have nothing to be worried about. Right? Yep. So... What uh, I remember teachers, um, Mrs. Uh, Talbert, a uh, little English teacher, she was probably about that tall, uh, but man, she was, she would give you, hey, these are, these are things that you might see in the future. You need to study these things. Read this chapter in the book. You know, I found that if I listened to her and I did that, I would take the test and be like, the answers were already in my brain. It's amazing, kids. It's amazing. The answers were in my brain. Now, the answers to life will be in your brain, in your heart, if we study this book, right? We'll say, hey, I can see that. We can discern the signs of the times, hey, in reference to God's word. So it's good to be prepared, not just scripturally, you know, our, our walk with the Lord, but financially too. It's good to be prepared. You know, it's good to prepare for the future, but isn't that one of the hardest things to do? Is to not spend today, but say no to self, save or pay that bill. That's boring, but that is preparing for the future. So that brings us to number two, which is where we'll pick up for this week. You can turn in your Bibles or you can read along right here on your paper, Luke 14, 28 to 30. For which of you, intending to build a tower, this is Jesus speaking, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All that behold it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. When Shaddam and Baptist Church set out to start a work in Shelburne, God did some amazing things. Yeah. Souls were saved, and uh, a church was started and organized. Okay, so you went from what? Two storefronts? Is that what it was? To then the building? 
It was a one-star front to then the building. And, and the fire hall. That's right, the fire hall first, then the storefront, yeah. then the, the building. So the building, I'm sure when you guys first saw it or heard of it, when Pastor Paul and Dave and others, whatever, came and said, we have found a building. And you're like, wow, this is great. Sure, let's see pictures. <laughs> oh, it was holy, wasn't it? <laughs> holy, set apart unto God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, holy with a hole in the floor. I mean, that's a cool feature. I mean, right? I mean, if we had a hole in the floor so we could say hi to the kids in the basement, right? So Courtney and Isaac this morning, you know, just, you know, running around with the kids in Sunday school. Hey, guys. You know, no, that's not the, the feet. Oh, and by the way, there was, what, three foot of water down in the basement, too? <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, I mean, you just... Well, it's a little, little warm outside. Let's go for a swim. No. Uh, so you began to, to do work on that. And I remember Dave telling me this, how that Merton Cook would go down. And then finally, you, there was end of the money. And basically, uh, Dave Throck told Merton, said, Merton, hey, money's gone. Right? So Merton set up. But you know what God did? By faith... Chicago Baptist Church started that work. Do you know that God is faithful? And God provided a man to continue the work and uh, who's a fisherman and provided a lot of his, uh, I mean, free of charge. And it's amazing to me. And I just, I walked in that building. I'm just like, this is really nice. I give Pastor Paul a hard time about picking the colors for the paint, but, you know. Yeah, I'll tease him. Not that you don't ever want me picking colors because I'm colorblind. So, but God did an amazing work. See, that's when you begin by faith, God's called you to do it. God, even when the money runs out, right? But ideally, uh, God, you have all the money up front, right? I, wouldn't that be great to have all the money up front? Okay, we're going to do this. Is that faith Yeah, because God provided it in advance. I see what you're saying. Is it as much faith? But I've heard people put it this way. You know, we're going to start doing this, this ministry or, or this, you know, and we don't have any money and God provides it. George Mueller lives every day that way, providing for orphans. Yes, but I don't want us uh, to tempt God and say, hey, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not working like on purpose. And I'm going to watch God pay my bills by faith. So is that more by faith? No. No. So. <laughs> What I'm talking about is, you know, hey, if you can work, you work and you provide for uh, your family. You pay God what's his. You pay Caesar what's his. You know what I'm saying? That's this is what's normal. Now, in the realm of the ministry, you know, we'll see a little bit more by faith, but we should be living by faith. Tithing is by faith. Do you know that? God wants us to trust him. So. Uh, this building that is taking place is, it's a tower. And 
For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost? How much is this going to cost? Let's ballpark this. You know? Let's, uh, if you're going to build a deck on your house. Uh, Hilda, I think you just had a deck built on your house not too long ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, you want to know how much it's going to cost. Um, there's uh, some things that I want to do. Uh, but I gotta know. I want to know the cost. I want to have a ballpark, right? Kind of shop around first too about builders and, you know, Phoebe's family. Did you guys find some hidden costs and when you were building that place? It's like, whoa! Why didn't you tell us about this? There are, you should account for those things when you count the cost. That's all part of count. There will be hidden fees. Like, wow. It's a 10% increase. Do you take coupons? You know, those types of stuff. But no, we sit down first, we count the cost, whether we have sufficient to finish it. The principle that uh, Christ is teaching here is the fact that, hey, let's be wise about this and not willy-nilly. Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. We need to sit down, count the costs periodically. You should at least once a week check on your finances so that minor course corrections can be made. Now I say once a week. I try to do it every day. If you do it every day, it takes like, literally it takes me five minutes. Uh, but that's just, you know, and I've caught things where a cashier double charged me at a gas station. You know, I'm like, so I was able to get that taken care of. Hey, I paid for this. Then here's another one. One time, I got gas, and the card didn't go through, and I drove away. I didn't know, because why was I able to pump gas? So I called and said, hey, uh, I got gas, and it didn't go through. Do you know what the manager about died? Said, I, I, thank you for calling, but we did not expect you to... You know, we know it was a mistake. So I said, sure, you know. So, because we never want to rob God. And be a thief and be like, woohoo. You know, I got away with, no, you don't get away. Right. You never get away with stuff. Because God is always aware. So it's not a hard and fast rule as far as how often you look at your finances as far as, okay, did, am I overspending? Am I, am I paid what is due? Is you know, are there any errors? Those types of things. But that's that's up to you. The longer you wait in between checking on your finances, the more work there will be to make corrections, and the higher the risk not being able to realize goals. It's like this. What happens in January after Christmas? It's like. Cows come home to roost, right? Yeah. <gasps> I was reading an article about how that Canadians are some of the most in-debt people in the world. In the world. Isn't that interesting? Average Canadian has over $20,000 in credit card debt. Through all the different cards, yeah? So... Average. Yeah, so if you don't have any, some is taking your average. 
So um, it's good that we count the cost and have a plan. Because if you don't, if you're not prepared, then you're tempting God. Course corrections, that's your blank. And then number three, being prepared, Genesis 41, 34 to 36, and this is speaking about Joseph preparing Egypt and uh, and the lands thereabouts. It says, let Pharaoh do this, speaking about Pharaoh's dream. And let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that can't uh, come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. So what a peculiar situation. Joseph's life is just peculiar. To go from, you know, being uh, in the patriarch's house as a teenager, then he's thrown in the pit, then the Potiphar's house, lots of peas, right? Uh, Potiphar's house, and then prison, and now standing before Pharaoh. Yeah? Obviously, I've preached that message before. So, and it was alliterated with peas. So, this is Joseph's life. And he's come through uh, a significant, can you say traumatic experience? I mean, his very family, his siblings, I mean, I've heard of sibling rivalry. But I don't know if, you know, thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery. Yikes. Okay. Well, he could have been bitter. He could have been upset with God. But it seemed that Joseph walked with God even in Potiphar's house. Because whatever Joseph did, God made to prosper. And not just Joseph himself, but Potiphar's house. And then in the prison, the warden gave everything over in regards to the running of the inmates to Joseph. Why? Was he a bitter and angry person? No, God was prospering him because he was still serving God. So then now brings him to the time where uh, God gives Pharaoh this dream and no one understands. Well, God gave the interpretation of that dream to Joseph. So there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. One of the hardest things to do is to set aside during the time of plenty. Isn't there? It's all part of being prepared. Now, when we had our uh, hurricane, I mean, some people weren't prepared, right? And then others were like ready for like nuclear holocaust. Yeah? I I didn't go into town, but I guess the last day before or the day of the hurricane coming, I guess being in town was a madhouse. Is Halifax the same way? Where it was just like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't know, I feel like the world was ending. Because it was actually going to hit us. How many hurricanes have come and then veered off, right? Most? Well, it was pretty tough. It was a tough little storm. Could have been worse. But if you were prepared, was it a big deal? No. No, it wasn't, you know, too big of a, a minor inconvenience. No big deal. 
But when you're not prepared and something happens, is it a bit more of a little inconvenience? It becomes an emergency, doesn't it? When you are not prepared and then life happens, I call it life happens. The Lord allows things in our life so that we will follow him, need him. And it's just interesting. I find that the more that I'm faithful to the Lord, that when trials happen, people say, well, how are you doing? And I'm like, uh, fine. You know, it's... God's already provided back here. Yeah? And so you, I look back and just be like, God, why did you provide this back here? Because the tendency is to be like, Ooh, money, 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 money. And what do we do? Spend, spend. spend on what? Yeah. That which we've always wanted. My heart's desire. I saw a red Camaro for sale. Nelson, what year was yours? Uh, 94. 94? You had an 83 or an 85? Firebird. 85 Firebird. Yeah? I like sports cars. He has a Lamborghini. Amen? Yeah? Sometimes it's can't fit in. That's not very kind. Linda says that he can't fit in. No, she said she couldn't. Oh, she can't fit in. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I thought, I thought he's... She was referring to um, something else, and I just, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, he can't take you for a joyride in that, but the moral of the story is, is Dave's Lamborghini went from this big to, isn't it bigger? Yeah, it's about that big. So maybe by the time we carry you out back, then it might be a little bigger. We'll get an RC one, right? Remote control. So what is it for you? If you had money, we, you ever played that game? If you had a million dollars, what would you do? Did you guys play that recently, Alice? Yeah? What would you do? Spend. Buy a house. Buy a house. Okay. Courtney Isaac, you guys giggling? What would you do? Uh, <laughs> and a truck. Priorities, truck, then a house. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. But then, what? it's different. Betty, what would you do if you had a million bucks? I'd have to get rid of it. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not a real good one for family money. Okay. Your funeral would be highly attended. <laughs> yeah, your tendency, sure. Yeah. One of the worst things that can happen to us is to have a huge influx of money. So we can make some stupid decisions. And I say that I don't use the word stupid very often, but I can. we all can do that. We can make bad decisions. So you had seven years of plenty... But they knew that the seven years of famine was coming. But when you're in the time of plenty, even though you know that the famine's coming, what's your tendency? Spend, in this case, gobble it all up, right? Eat, eat, eat. 
We'll worry about that tomorrow. Folks, your Christian life, you can't put off till tomorrow. I mean, if the world, what's going on in the world is not startling, concerning, uh, I mean, I'm seeing scripture come together quick. Oh, man, it's, I mean, you think that, okay, it's going slow. It's been going slow for a while, but I mean, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm just saying, it just seems soon. But then I thought this, and I mentioned this this morning. A preacher once mentioned this in a preacher's meeting I was in. He said, you know, preachers, you often, in essence, you warn people about eternity and need for salvation. That's great. But here it says, Christians are so often, oh, I can't wait to be in glory. And that's true. We have hope in Christ. But what are you going to say when you meet him? Are you ready to meet him? In essence, are you prepared to meet God? You know the passage, prepare to meet thy God? Yeah? Well, we get to have, I mean, have you ever thought about what happens when you get there? You're going to account yes, for what you've done or not done. I think, Nelson, you put it this way. Look, forgive me for the things that I've not done. Yeah? And it, that should be on our mind. Because if God's given us time, I mean, I was looking the other day, I'm, my hands are looking older. I'm, I'm expecting to see an 18-year-old person stare at me in the mirror. I was shaving an old man the other day. I don't know who that was. You, this week will get better. Yeah, I know when it'll get better. Yeah, right, sure. You're not as young as you used to be. None of us are. But just because we have a hope in heaven, we need to live with eternity in view. Lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven. Not to just gobble it up, you know, and just say, look at all that I've done. That gain is godliness. Look. No. No. Godliness with contentment. Read the rest of that verse. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So this is very hard to be prepared, I find. Do you find that too in your life? Joseph's wise plan was to gather and store food. Food is your blank. Joseph's wise plan was to gather and store food against seven years of famine. Food is the first blank. Famine is the second. Now, so to store up the land, the years of famine, that the land not perish through the famine. Right? So you're going to take up a portion. What was it, a fifth? And that seems like a lot. Doesn't that seem excessive? Well, how much do you store up or set aside? There were years where I couldn't set aside, but just a little bit, as long as you try to. So that means... You're getting to the point where you can set aside for savings. In order to do that, what do you have to do? Spend less. Spend less. Deny yourself. Budget. You've got to pay off. First of all, you pay God. You pay the government. Pay your bills. 
You know, and then what's left over? You live on. There's not, and it's, it's becoming less and less, it feels like, right? As prices go up. And I think they're forecasting uh, that the prices are going to go up uh, significantly for groceries this year. Yay. Right? They're pretty high now. What about when you were a kid? Compared to, I mean, it's just astronomical. I remember uh, a loaf of bread costing 50 cents. And it, 19. 19, yeah. And that's just in my life, and I'm not that old yet. Yeah. Teasing. So, are you prepared financially? And that's just, you know, the hardest thing to do, and this. We're still in the why do the finance and the brain behind the thinking, the mindset. But you need to get to the point to where that you are proactive with your money. This is a proactive mindset. They had to actively set aside money. Because I find that if I don't do it first, if you don't set aside first that which you're supposed to do, what happens to that money? Sometimes I wanted to call, you know, my bank and be like, someone stole my money. And they're like, you know, actually, I once almost did that. And I got after Rachel. I'm like, honey, what, what happened? She's like, I don't know. It was me. I made a trans. I don't even remember. I'm blaming her. I almost called, like, literally, I was ready to call my credit card and be like, I'm going to have to, you know, this challenge this transaction. And then she's like, what's that? Ooh. Yeah, I bought that. It's just easy to just live life. But let's live with eternity in view and that we're going to have to stand before God. So this doesn't just extend to our finances, but to our whole Christian walk. All right? So we'll stop there for tonight.